Hi, and welcome to the Attack of the B-Movies podcast. This episode is going to be based on, or not based on, this episode is about a movie that was a cult classic and direct-to-video. The, the producer thought it would make more money going to video and not going to the theater back in 1989. And it is a film that became popular enough that it spawned 12 sequels, and I have not seen all 12. And I, I kind of want to, but I'm kind of fearful of it. Um... It was a movie directed by David Schmuller, uh, produced by Hope Perello and Charles Band. It was written by Kenneth Hall and David Schmuller under a pen name. Uh, I think it was Joseph uh, Colati. It stars Paulie Matt, William Hickey, and Iron Miracle, amongst a few others. And it is a fantastic, I thought it was a fantastic movie with some pretty good special effects. It, it, and as creepy as marionettes were, this movie made them even more creepy. So um, without further ado, here is the Puppet Master. Uh, Puppet Master starts off in oh, 19, it's it's like, I believe it's 1939, and we meet this, it, it's, it takes place in California in the beginning, we meet this old puppeteer, uh, he goes by the name, his name is Andre Tulin, and when we see Andre, he's finishing up working on a new puppet that he named Jester, and um, there's other puppets we see, um, actually we see that Jester is a living puppet. Uh, we see that there is another puppet named Shredder Khan who's Asian and he's staring out the window kind of keeping watch over stuff and he's looking for and he's really kind of looking for another puppet that we find out is named Blade. Uh, Blade's outside of the grounds of this uh, hotel in, I guess it is, that Andre's staying at. So shortly after the movie begins and we, we see the, these, this series of events, two, uh, a car pulls up and two men get out. It turns out they're Nazi spies. So they get out of the car... And they start heading for uh, Andre's room. So Blade sees them, and Blade runs for the room and takes off to get there. And he gets there before uh, before they do. So Andre takes Blade, Jester, Shredder Khan, and another puppet, I believe his name Jangi, and he um, he hides him in a chest and hides it in a wall panel. And he covers the wall panel. And the Nazis are um, trying to break into the room, and as they break in, Andre shoots himself with a pistol and... He's done. So basically, this Andre guy, from what we can tell from the beginning, can bring puppets or inanimate objects to life. Something I know the Nazis would have liked, because the Nazis were really obsessed with the occult. I mean, contrary to what popular history says, there's lots of signs and lots of research that's been, stuff that's been discovered that they were trying to do cult things, thinking alchemy and magic would have, you know, was real and would have worked. So we flash forward to the well at the time of the movie 1989, which would be modern times, and um, we meet uh, I think Alex, Dana, Frank, and Carissa, and they had made they had made um, they'd got contacted by a friend of theirs, an old colleague named Neil. So um, from what Neil told them, they 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 find they figure out that he must have found Andre's secret hiding place. Um, during this part of the film. They each um, experience different, um, not flashbacks, but different visions, right? So um, so Alex sees um, Neil pointing a gun at a young woman. Um, Dana sees that she po- she might possibly die. Um, and there, and it's just all kinds of messed up things. Neil, uh, they, they go to the inn, they meet Neil's wife. And uh, they also meet Megan. Megan just happens to be the same person that Alex saw in his vision. So they also then they meet the housekeeper whose name is Teresa. So they're really 
kind of surprised that Neil got married. I guess he's not the marrying type, or I mean, they kind of go over it a little bit. It's relationship shit to me. It didn't really matter much in the book or in the movie, rather. Um, Megan comes rushing in, and Megan says, uh, "Everybody forgets what they're talking about because Megan tells them that Neil had shot himself." So they they go and look at the body, and it's uh. Eventually, Teresa, Megan, and Alex leave, and uh, Frank, Carissa, and Dana are still there. And they can't believe he's dead. Dana can't believe he's dead. So to make sure he's dead, plus I think they have the suspicion that he knows how to resurrect inanimate objects, so they're curious about it. So Dana stabs um, Neil with a like a pin or a long nail or something, something long and pointy. It could have been either. So after this, they each start hallucinating again. Well, I guess, sorry, it's psychic, so it's a vision, right? So, um... Alex sees Neil wearing a mask while dancing with Megan. Um, Dana tells Teresa that she shouldn't go anywhere near a fireplace. Something horrible will happen. Um, and then um, Carissa sees Neil assaulting a woman in the elevator, like beating the hell out of her. And no one really knows why. Uh, so they go to dinner. and uh, Or they're going to go to dinner. And we see that in Neil's casket, there's a puppet named Pinhead. And as the sun sets, Pinhead climbs out of the casket. He's another living puppet, of course. So now the group's at dinner, and they're all talking and discussing stuff. And Dana kind of says a few things that really pisses Megan off. She she says a bunch of stuff about Neil that Megan doesn't want to hear. So she storms off. So Alex goes after her, and he, um, he's got to tell her, hey, listen, you know, you know all these people are, are psychics, and they have very strong powers, um... And he tells her uh, Dana can tell fortunes and locate people and think missing items. Um, Carissa is a psychometrist, uh, so when she touches an object, like the object's history flashes into her mind or her visions. Um, what else does he tell her? Um, that he has premonitions and dreams when he's awake. And he explains how they were all working with Neil researching alchemy. And... Um, he finds that Frank and Neil, or he says that, well, he says that Frank and Neil were working together, and they um, they had discovered that there's an ancient Egyptian way of um, bringing creatures to life, bringing inanimate, inanimate, inanimate figures to life, and the it was um, passed down by magician, real life magicians, so. They, uh, he, she, he says how they've tracked down, you know, the location of Andre Toulon, who they believe was the last true alchemist, and it was to the hotel, and that's why Neil was there. He was in, kind of investigating it and living there, and um, he had not actually contacted them in a while, so Dana and the group thought that he had abandoned them and took everything for himself and then didn't tell them about it. So um, they kind of went there to, um, they contacted him and kind of went there to see what he did, and if that's what he did, settle the score with him and be like, hey, this, you know, we all helped. So he kind of calms her down, you know, because clearly it's not like, you know, they were doing any... Dana had issues with him, and that's just the way it is. I mean, granted, he's dead. He shouldn't have been talking to him right there, but, you know. What they don't know is that these puppets, these inanimate objects that are reanimated could be evil. Not always, but they could be. So we find, start finding this out, because now comes the horror aspect of the movie. So now it's nighttime, 
and Teresa was warned not to go by the fireplace. So she goes to the fireplace, and she gets knocked out by Pinhead. He hits her in the back of the head with a poker. So then, um, somebody, let's see, Megan becomes ill, um, and before they, so because of these going-ons, you know, before they go to bed, Dana puts protection spells around Alex and his own room. Uh, if, and Blade was hunting Alex, actually. So with the protection spell, Blade can't touch him. Uh, Carissa and Frank hook up together, and um, they spend intimate t- time together to open up. Um, they don't have sex. That's not what I meant when I said hey. They're together intimately, and they open up a channel, uh, and they can contact Neil this way. And as they're doing this, there's two, they get attacked by two many two other um, puppets, Tunneler and Leech Woman. Tunneler is one of my favorites. Tunneler is awesome. He's got a drill on his head, right? So he kills Carissa by drilling into her face, and then Leech Woman attacks Frank and vomits leeches onto him, just throws them all up, and uh, it drains. It starts. They drain his blood, and Alex at this point wakes up, and um, Gallagher had been Neil rather Gallagher Neil Gallagher. Uh, they saw his body had been moved to a chair. That's why Megan got ill. She saw his body in the chair, and she was distraught. It, it's really late right now. I'm sorry about that. I, I shouldn't have forgotten that part. Um, so suddenly Neil's body is in Dana's room, so she puts a spell on him, and uh, the spell is designed to put him back to sleep, I guess, or at ease. Uh, while she's doing this, she gets attacked by Pinhead. Pinhead breaks her leg and then starts chasing her around, and... He's punching her, and he's strangling her, and she um, she finally knocks him away, and then Blade attacks her, and Blade slices, uh, slices her throat, killing her, fulfilling what her premonition was. If you remember, uh, Dana's premonition was she foresaw her, her death, so her fortune is fulfilled. Um, I did a review of a movie called Trilogy of Terror not too long ago, and much of this reminds me of that, right? I told you about the Zuni fetish doll. Much of this is very similar because these are puppets attacking and killing. So Alex has another premonition, and this time it's of Megan. And um, Megan is taking him to Andre's room in a premonition where um, where the nightmares of Megan and where, where the nightmares of... Uh, it's the room where Alex saw Megan or saw Neil put a gun in Megan's head. Put it out. There we go. So, he has that nightmare, and then he has nightmare of the other psychics being found dead, and uh, it's blocking him from seeing this room. Megan eventually gets him to wake up and he, and takes him into the room where Andre was in, the room he just dreamt about. And she tells him that Neil found Andre's um, secret of how to bring these inanimate, facts to, inanimate objects back to life. So then Alex has another vision of Neil shooting him so they go downstairs because Alex thinks he needs to escape, and he senses um, he senses that the rest of the group is in the dining room. So he says, well, let's go to the dining room. He goes in the dining room, and they're all dead and sitting around a table. And he gets stopped by Neil, who is somehow resurrected. And uh, Neil explains how he did commit suicide, but since he used... Andre's secrets of how to become immortal, immortal, he um, is alive again. 
So he contacted everyone and brought them there so they wouldn't take the secret with him. And he's hoping to use their bodies for experiments. And he um, is not a fan of the puppets. He, he's disgusted by these. Of, he doesn't like, like, Andre enjoyed working with these puppets. That's why they protected Andre. He, he treated them nicely. Neil does not do that. Neil doesn't like the puppets. So he, he takes Jester and he wings Jester across the room at a chair. And um, when they see this happen, the other puppets attack Neil. And, and they kill him again. Uh, but they leave Alex and Megan alone. So they've killed Neil. All, everyone else is dead. After the attack, we see Alex saying goodbye to Megan, and he leaves the hotel. And Megan's all by herself, and she picks up uh, a dog that Dana had that was taxidermied. And in the next scene, we see the dog being animated and walking up the stairs with Megan. So either Megan, the assumption that I made was Megan learned how to do this and knew all along how to animate the objects that, like Andre did, um, I've had other people tell me they believe that, that uh, it means Dana's spirit has taken over Megan's body, but I don't see any evidence in the movie that that would have happened. It's not like in Trilogy of Terror where like she inhales the smoke and it and takes over the body of the person. I, I didn't I didn't see anything that would really clue me in on that. Um, I did leave some scenes out, some really good ones because I want you to watch the movie. It, it's really a well done flick. It really is, and it had a budget of like four hundred grand only which isn't much for a, a horror movie or any movie really nowadays. It won't grant it 89, but, but still. But it's a really enjoyable movie. Um, it's, it has some gross stuff in it. It has some really cool stuff in it. It really is one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, you can always tell when I record these later, just so you know, if it's late in the evening, because I my voice is a little different. I stumble a lot more when I talk, but I want to get these done for you. I want you to be able to at least get an idea what these movies are about. Even though I give you basically the whole movie, I want you to go and see these. And this movie's 90 minutes long. It's not a real long movie at all. It's well worth 90 minutes. So, anyways, um, that is um, the end, I guess. That's Puppet Master. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, if you like it, you know, comment, like, share, thing, things I ask you all the time. And stay tuned for the next one. Thanks. Night.